1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back.
0: I was just like you until I found Real Relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove podcast. We are talking the NFL, the conference championship games. We're also going to give you all the latest on the NFL head coaching news. We'll talk a little bit of GOAT in this episode as well. That and a little bit more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince
1: Stover. Hey,
0: you got cooking. About cooking something up in me. Welcome back in to an all new sports Stove podcast presented by belly up fantasy live belly up fantasy baseball live kicked off for our first pitcher, however you want to say it starts February 20th every Sunday 8 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook Twitter pages as well as on the Tiki Live app, we will be Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live. Kevin Wilson is the host. I'll be joining him almost every week to talk about what's going on in fantasy baseball. We'll be doing player rankings, live fantasy draft, and keep you going all season long on the necessary additions and drops that you need to do to keep your fantasy baseball team relevant. So all that is February 20th and every Sunday after at eight PM Eastern Time, I am joined today. Usually, Dad joins me on Fridays episodes, but uh, I decided to jump on here for the Monday episode as well. So, Dad,
1: welcome in. How you doing? Thank you. Doing good. Doing good. Football is winding down, and boy, it's nothing but exciting. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we're so excited. Uh, we can't wait
0: for the Pro Bowl next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my sons were asking me, uh, is this player in the Pro Bowl? Is this player in the Pro Bowl? I said, I have no idea who's in the Pro Bowl. Uh, and I honestly could not care any less than I currently do when it comes to the Pro Bowl. But uh, there is plenty of football going on this weekend that's went on this weekend and coming up, of course, the Super Bowl in two weeks. And uh, we'll get to all that later in the program. But I want to start off the program today Uh, talking about Tom Brady. The announcement came out earlier uh, at the end of last week that Tom Brady is going to retire. Of course, since that announcement has come out, there's been some, hold on a second, I haven't said that yet, and those kinds of things. The way I see it, Dad, is Tom Brady's retiring. Um, He wasn't ready for the announcement to come out yet. Somebody said something they weren't supposed to. At this point, I'd be a little surprised if Tom Brady comes back next year, but uh, do you think Tom Brady's playing career is over?
1: yes yes i think so i think it makes sense um from there i mean i mean he's played a long time um but um yeah i would think this makes sense here you know i try to i I tried to think you know or should have he quit after last year after he won the super bowl but i mean he was close this year too so and he did win a super bowl somewhere without Belichick, and, and I'm sure that was part of what he wanted to do. And um, I, I don't think he would benefit from playing um, anymore at this point. We've all seen quarterbacks stay around just a little bit too long. Um, and everybody would just, just try to forget the last year. You forget Montana's last year. You try to forget Brett Favre's last year, you know, things like that. But they stayed around too long. And so this would make sense that Brady uh, would move on here.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Adam Schefter last, uh, I guess, two years ago now at the draft. uh, No, it was this year at the draft that he said uh, leaked the Aaron Rodgers stuff about wanting to be traded, and then there was a lot of backpedaling on that. Now Adam Schefter breaks the Tom Brady news, only to have to backtrack on that one as well. Uh, I feel like Adam Schefter's taken a a couple hits here in in the recent NFL season, but I don't think he's wrong. I think whoever gave him the information – uh, knew the information, spoke it into existence, put it out there for people to uh, to have. And and at the end of the day, you know, Tom Brady just wasn't ready for it to be out there yet. So somebody made a big goof up uh, by getting that announcement out there. And it shouldn't have been out there just yet, but it is. And uh, at the end of the day, we'll now just wait and see when Tom Brady decides to make the announcement official. Tampa, They're going to lose Chris Godwin here in the offseason. They're probably going to lose a few other free agents. They had guys that came back, signed one-year deals. Um, They're probably not going to be the same team next year. Anyhow, it makes sense for Tom Brady to walk away at this point. Um, Other exciting offseason news has been the coaching searches and the coaching hires. And so I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about this, and then we'll get into the games from this weekend. Let's start off with the uh, Chicago Bears they make the announcement, uh, Matt Eberflus, sees the, uh, uh, was Indianapolis' defensive coordinator. Uh, they announced him as their uh, head football coach, and I thought it was a really good hire. Eberflus has got a, a number of interviews last year, thought he might get, get a job last year, and he ended up not getting one. He lands in Chicago. What do you think about that hire with
1: Chicago? Well, I, I think it, it makes sense uh, for them because I think he is a good coach. And, and if anything, they ever need in Chicago is stability in the coaching. They haven't had that really, I don't think, for a while. And um, and he might come in and, and be able to do that. You know, we have talked about. Um, some of these teams with quarterbacks like them with Justin Fields, you know, what would they hire a defensive or an offensive guy? Um, and, but the deal would be, well, yeah, they'll hire the best coach. And then if they need to get an offensive guy to work with the quarterback, they will.
0: Yeah. And I think that's when I got the, saw the hire of Eberflus, I said, that's a good hire. I think that's a solid, solid hire there for Chicago. And you're right. you talk about stability at the coaching ranks. Well, you need stability at quarterback to have stability with the coach. They seem to have a guy there that can play quarterback, and I expect Justin Fields to have a successful career. Now, Eberflus goes out and hires Luke Getze, who was the quarterback coach most recently in Green Bay. Um, He previously had served as a wide receiver coach. He spent some time at Texas A&M as well. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Luke Getze, what you think he'll be as an offensive coordinator and the guy that's now put in charge of making Justin Fields successful.
1: Um, I I mean, you you look at his track record and who he's worked with. Of course, quarterback coach there, but Green Bay allowed him to be involved in a lot of the game planning and things there. Um, this doesn't surprise me a whole lot because uh, Matt Lafleur, um, you know, went the route of calling plays somewhere one year before he was the head coach and i think that's kind of where this is headed um you know i I don't think luke Getze will be there long term because he's a young guy and i think um you know he will aspire to be a head coach he's had a lot of different opportunities in college and um but i think it'll be a good training ground for him i think it'll be good for Justin Fields. And, um, I think for, you know, he may not be there more than a year or two. I mean, the floor was a Tennessee one year and then got his opportunity. I don't know if it gets, you know, quite that quick, but, um, I think he's a good, you know, seems to be a great offensive mind. And I think as a coordinator, I don't think he was ready to be a head coach yet. Um, but I think they got one of the, you know, one of the top young guys that can work with a quarterback.
0: So, Getsy, I said Texas A&M, he was at Mississippi State uh, as offensive coordinator in 2018. Um, Then he came back to Green Bay in 2019 as the quarterbacks coach. Um, We're Packer fans. I got to tell you, I don't think Luke Getze is ready to be an offensive coordinator. Um, uh, Especially not in a play-calling role. I think he is still another, you know, step or two away from it. I was surprised by this hire. I know he works with Aaron Rodgers. I know Aaron Rodgers likes him, but, you know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers likes uh, Tim Boyle. That didn't make him a good quarterback. Uh, You know, so, I mean, I I honestly, as a Packer fan, I'm perfectly fine with this hire by Chicago because I don't think that he's going to have a ton of success there. He made it one year in college as an offensive coordinator. And before moving back to the NFL as a as a quarterback coach, um, you know he's been around a couple different colleges um, and time with Green Bay. But I got to tell you, Dad, I really don't think Luke is ready to be uh, that kind and that kind of role where the really the franchise lays on his shoulders. If he cannot get Justin Fields doing what Justin Fields needs to do it's on him more so than the neighbor flu so um the pressure is going to be on you're going to be in in the same division um which is nice you know the defense and things like that i suppose but i got i tell you dad i you know am i wrong i just don't think luke getz is ready for this yet
1: oh well, i i i think he, yeah i think you may be wrong on this we'll see just because Again, you. you know, I mean, how do you know when a guy's ready to be offensive coordinator? Well, if he has a year or two experience, well, he has to be. And I, and I think the way they've worked things at Green Bay, uh, even during one of the preseason games, he he called the game. Um, this year they let him do that, uh, instead of Hackett because Hackett had done it before. So I think, um, you know, he's been thinking this and looking at this and has, has had an opportunity really be in on the inside. Now, you know, has he, he called the plays yet? No, he hasn't. Um, but I think he, you know, he knows how to work with quarterbacks, I believe. And, um, I think fields, you know, if you guys, you know, you want to come in and have a quarterback to work with, I think there's a lot to work with. And I think with a new head coach, um, you know, it should be a, a, a clean script. They can, they can tailor the offense to fields and, uh, the strengths that they have. And I think, I think he can have some success there. I mean, as a Packer fan, I hope he doesn't, but, uh, no, I think, I think he can, um, I, I think it was a. I think I think in some ways it was a good choice. Whether he would have been the Packers' offensive coordinator if he'd stayed there, um, you know, don't we don't really we won't really for sure know that, but we know he wouldn't have called the plays if he would have stayed at Green Bay.
0: Yeah, and I don't think he would be. I think because they blocked the um, so the offensive line coach from moving on as an OC somewhere else. So I, I believe they got that lined up. But, mm-hmm. you know, you keep talking about he, he knows how to work with quarterbacks. He was a quarterback coach at West Virginia Wesleyan. He was a quarterback coach at uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Uh, then he didn't work with quarterbacks again until Green Bay in uh, 2019, uh, 2020. So I don't know. I just, uh, you know, maybe he's a great coach and maybe he'll work out and be great. It just surprises me if you, you only last one year in Mississippi State as offensive coordinator and now you know not now here you sit as the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator not too long after that surprises me. I felt like the best role for him would have been to take another step up in the system and maybe he wasn't going to get that opportunity, but to take another step up in the system he was in and then from there move on uh to the play calling role. But nonetheless, he gets his opportunity in Chicago and we'll see how it, how it, how it works out. I'm surprised by it. Um, I felt like there's a lot of offensive minds out there, and I'm surprised Getsy's the one that gets the call in such an important position for Chicago. Um again, you you talked about they hired a defensive coach. And so the offensive coordinator, he, I mean, the weight is on his shoulders. and uh, and i am I'm not sold that it, that Getsy is is ready for it, but we will see., uh, let's talk about speaking of Packer's assistance, Denver Broncos, go out and hire Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Now, Hackett did not call plays in Green Bay uh, on a regular basis, but he did in Jacksonville. He took Blake Bortles uh, to just a couple snaps away from the Super Bowl. So uh, he's had play-calling experience. He's had uh, he's known as a very good leader, a good locker room guy uh, everywhere that he's been. Uh, he's gotten a lot of things. I was surprised that Hackett got a job as head coach, but I think Hackett's going to be a good head coach. Uh, he's in Denver. What do you think about the – the options for, for Nathaniel Hackett, and the Denver Broncos.
1: Well, I think it was a, a great hire for them. Now, again, you know, they don't necessarily have a quarterback. He's going to have to get some people in there. But again, at green Bay, I think in other places, like you said, he he's good with the players. I think he'll bring a lot of excitement to the players as well as of course to the fan base, which they have a great fan base out there. Um, he, he's a good offensive mind. He knows how to structure things. Again, it'll be like any new head coach, um, you know, he'll have some, some learning curves, but again, he's been in the system in green Bay where I think they've kind of prepped him for some of that. Um, I think, I don't know that he was the best. Choice of all of them, but I think he was one of the two or three. I was not surprised he got um, a job because again, he's a great communicator. I'm sure it was a great interview. Um, He knows how to prepare, and I think he presented himself um, that way. And again, I, I, yeah, I think he can lead a team. And I think Denver's not a bad place uh, to go when we look at all these jobs because there is some talent there. um, But again, uh, they're going to have to get things settled at quarterback.
0: And the rumor is, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, he's going to Denver. So that would settle things at quarterback. Now, what do you have to give up to get him is still a question mark for sure. But um, how much of this was Denver? Because Denver traded Von Miller midseason to clear up cap space for Aaron Rodgers. Now they hire a guy that Aaron Rodgers really likes. What is the chances that Nathaniel Hackett got this job? The thing that put him over the top was the fact that Rodgers loves him and, uh, and could help possibly get Rodgers to Denver?
1: Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to really say the answer to that question till you see what Rodgers does. I mean, everything everybody's saying is, no, that isn't why they hired him. Obviously, if Rodgers goes there, then, you know, um, then everyone will say, well, yes, that's why they hired him. Um, I don't know that Rodgers will go there, and I think Hackett will be successful without that. But um, that, you know, that very well could have been in the back of Denver's mind. Um, again, yeah, you know, like I said, they cleared space up with Von Miller. I mean, I know certain personalities on the radio that have said all year that Aaron Rodgers is going to play in Denver next year. But um, that just, you know, that gets a lot of excitement and a lot of talk. I don't think anybody knows that. So um, we will see. I think we'll find out soon about Rodgers and, um, and you know, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, Denver makes the most sense for
0: Rodgers, Um, as far as the Packers too, it's, you know, it's a, it's an AFC team. Um, you put them out there, not going to hurt the Packers at all. They've got some young pieces, receivers and other positions that they could trade back draft picks, things like that. Um, and now you've got the connection with, with Nathaniel Hackett. I've said Denver and Vegas are the two that make the most sense for Aaron Rodgers. Um, we'll get to Vegas here in just a second, but, uh, you know, at this point, if the Packers move on from Aaron Rodgers and he still plays, I think 100% he goes to Denver. I'd be shocked if he goes anywhere else um, from that. But Nathaniel Hackett, I think it's a good hire. I think um, I would give it like a B, B-plus, because I think there were better candidates. But I think Hackett has potential to be a really great NFL head coach. And uh, and because of, again, the players absolutely love him, and they seem to play for him, too. So he's had success in the position as offensive coordinator, even with, you know, not great quarterback situation in Jacksonville. Um, But yeah, I think it's a good hire. Uh, The New York football giants, they announced Brian Dayball, the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator as their new hood coach. I uh, reported this the second that they made their GM hire. Um, I felt like that was a package deal, but uh, I was correct. Brian Dayball goes to the Giants. He had a lot of interviews last year, ended up not getting a job. Now he gets the job uh, uh, just not too far from where he was before. What do you like or dislike about the hire of Brian Dayball in New
1: York? Well, again, I I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I did, you know, you said right off there was a connection there and you thought that's where he would go. So that makes, um, that makes sense. Again, I think anyone who wants to be a head coach, there's only so many openings. I, the giant New York jobs would scare me just because <laughs> of the expectations and, um, things there, but again, they've got a new GM. They do have some, you know, some pieces there and, um, it, you know, he may be able to be very successful. It's just a scrutiny you're under in New York. And, um, it's, you know, uh, they don't give you a whole lot of time. So it'd be interesting to see, um, they're coming from Buffalo.
0: Surprisingly, this is the one candidate that can make Daniel Jones a serviceable NFL starting quarterback. Um, his athleticism fits into what Brian Dayball has done with Josh Allen. Is he as good as Josh Allen? No, but the things that Buffalo was able to do with Josh Allen to fix his, some of his accuracy issues to use his athleticism. Daniel Jones has been an athlete from the get go. He's a very good runner and he's not small. He's six, five uh, Josh Allen's 20 pounds heavier. That's a big deal. Don't get me wrong. But now you've got a guy that has, has worked with an athletic quarterback made the most out of Josh Allen. I mean, the most out of Josh Allen, uh, you know, and New York's an interesting spot. Saquon Barkley at running back. Um, Their receivers did not pan out this year, but they have guys who were supposed to be good at receiver. They've got Evan Ingram, who is underachieved at tight end. Uh, I think this is the perfect fit for the roster the Giants have. Now, if they move on at quarterback and make a change and whatever, maybe you know, maybe that that makes a difference. But I actually think that the Giants, who me and you both thought would have a much better year than they had this year, now they have a, a, a an offensive-minded guy who has worked with an athletic big quarterback and gotten the most out of them. I think this is a great fit. Uh, when you're talking about coaches and rosters, I think this is a great fit. and I think Brian Dayball has an opportunity in a pretty weak division to turn yeah, things yeah. around in New York pretty fast. Um, is Daniel Jones the answer? I don't know the answer to that, but I've got to think enough people liked him, that there's plenty of talent there. And this might be the guy that can get the most out of him. Do you think they give Daniel Jones one year with Brian Dayball before they go and try to make a change? Or do you think they'll have their eyes set
1: on somebody else? Uh, no, I think they'll give Jones a a chance again. And I think again, this, you know, Dayball may be the coach that can make a difference. So I would think he'll get the first shot at it. And like you said, the one good thing about the Giants' job is they are in a weak division. They're where they could, you know, they 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 play a little over 500 ball. They're in, they're in real good shape in the division. So, um, you know, that could be things could be set up real well for him.
0: Yep, I agree. I like I like the hires so far. Let's get into the Las Vegas Raiders. The report came out: Josh McDaniels, New England's offensive coordinator. Uh, will be the next head coach in Las Vegas. Of course, there's still time for Josh McDaniels to back out like he did when he was hired by Indianapolis not too long ago. Uh, but it looks like Josh McDaniels is headed to the Vegas Raiders. McDaniels had one stint in Denver. Didn't go great, um, but uh, has had a lot of time to grow up since that stint in Denver. And
1: Now he's the head football coach in Las Vegas. What do you think about that hire? Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised with everybody else that's out there. Cause like you said, McDaniel didn't do necessarily well in Denver. And I think there's always been speculation that, you know, if he stays around New England long enough, he could be the coach there. Um, but, um, apparently this is a guy Las Vegas, you know, wanted, um, I'm a little, little surprised based on everybody else that's there, because to me, this is kind of a guy that's, you know, you're retooling a guy a little bit where there's some, um, you know, other people that, um, I, w- I was surprised when Josh McDaniel, all of a sudden got, um, got this job, especially with other. Openers.
0: Yeah. You know, McDaniels is interesting, right? He's, he's had great success, uh, of course with Tom Brady, uh, then he had a good year with Mac Jones overall as well. Sure. is the question mark here. Does Josh McDaniels, does, is he, is he an NFL head coach? Does he have the mindset to be an NFL head coach? To me, that's the biggest question with him. He's kind of a uh, you know a wild card to some degree. He can obviously uh, put together a great offense. He's got a quarterback in Derek Carr that's phenomenal. Uh, I think a top ten quarterback in the league. They don't have a ton of talent around him. They need to to definitely stock up, especially after the Henry Ruggs situation this year. Uh, Vegas needed a splash though. I mean, they're in Vegas. They can't just hire, you know, a a boring guy. They got to have some kind of entertainment there as well. And, and McDaniels will be entertaining. I think, um, will he be a good head coach? Will he succeed? Uh, I want to see his staff. I want to see the staff that he puts together and, uh, and kind of go from there. But, um, this one surprises me to some degree, the splash aspect of it makes sense. Um, I think I would have tried to gone for a little bit more stabilizing of a person than Josh McDaniels. I'm not sure I'm ready to, um, say whether or not I think this will be successful. There, there's a little ways I need to go first to figure out who are they going to hire as the GM, who's going to do the drafting, um, those kinds of things. And, and then we can decide on that one. I, it's, it's a weird hire to some degree. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Five jobs remain open. Miami, Jacksonville, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Houston. A lot of speculation coming out of Minnesota. Jim Harbaugh interviewing for the job at the Vikings. Dad, of all the fits for Jim Harbaugh, Minnesota might be the last one I would have picked. Um, That one just doesn't seem to mesh. Uh, But you tell me, Jim Harbaugh, Minnesota, is is it a match made in heaven, or do they need to go somewhere else?
1: Yeah, like you said, I mean, that doesn't look like, um, you know, it, it, it's a good fit at all. Again, it's, you know, it's an interesting, an interesting place there in Minnesota that obviously has a lot of talent there, um, especially, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. So I can see why a coach would want, you know, we've talked about people wanting to go there. And again, they always have um, a good defense. But again, it'll be interesting to see. Um, apparently harbaugh wants to jump back in to the pros which is interesting maybe it, it probably makes sense from college i mean you know he, he he's beat ohio state you know what's he going to do now he loses another couple of years there and that's not going to work good so um it's interesting um and apparently he has you know knows how to get a good staff because there's other staff members from Michigan the teams are looking at, um, I know, you know, to move on with. So, um, you know, I, it, it, like I said, I was surprised when it was Minnesota, um, but, you know, you, you never know. And... Um...
0: Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
1: Like I said, in some ways he would have made sense, I think in Vegas, you know, you're talking about a splash and different things there, but, um, I, I would like to think that these five teams, you know, this next week will all move fairly quickly um, and and everything will start to shake. You know, maybe they want the same guys, a couple of them, maybe they don't. There's a lot of names still out there and there's always chance um, like every year that somebody's going to pick somebody you think, what in the world, you know, where'd that come from? And I think that's, that that's potential too. So we will see, but yeah, it looks like Harbaugh interested. Definitely. I guess there's a connection there um, with the GM. They were both at San Francisco at the same time. So, um, you know, it probably makes sense. That's who they want. Now where they can get the deal worked. We'll see.
0: To me, Harbaugh only fits on a young team. Uh, if you have a veteran laden team, Harbaugh is going to rub them the wrong way. And, but maybe he learned, I mean, you never know, right? Second chances. Uh, of course, Harbaugh, um you know maybe he needs more than two I don't know but that one that one was weird to me Miami Dolphins still looking for a head coach uh I believe it's gonna be Mike McDaniel San Francisco offensive coordinator seems to be the guy they want they almost hired him when they hired Flores and uh, of course he's still uh uh you know up into this weekend still playing and and San Francisco you know and I think all the coaching jobs will be filled now between now and Super Bowl. But Mike McDaniel seems to be the guy Miami wants. I don't know a ton about him other than just, you know, his time here at San Francisco. Uh, interviews well, you know, the offense, they've survived with Jimmy Garoppolo. So is that what you're looking for? Somebody that can help you survive with Tua? I'm not sure. Can he boost Tua over the, you know, I don't know. But if Mike McDaniels is not the next head coach of, of Miami, I'll be absolutely shocked. Uh, it looks like he's he's the guy. They're you know, the best fit for Miami's Flores, but they just fired the guy. So I don't think they're going to rehire him there. Uh, Jacksonville, I've said now for a while, Byron Leftwich will be the head coach in Jacksonville. Um, that, I think, will be finalized soon. The Saints' job with that opening up through a little bit of a wrench in the Byron Leftwich situation um, because New Orleans is a possibility for him as well. But I think, I think the Dolphins end up with Mike McDaniel, the Jaguars with Byron Leftwich. That was the Saints and the Texans. Uh, you got Flores, bien um, are two of the big names right out there. Um, I think bien is a great fit in New Orleans and could be a, a big possibility there. They've also interviewed Aaron Glenn, uh, who's now in Detroit, but spent a lot of time in New Orleans. And then the Texans, uh, they also interviewed Flores, but they're bringing in Josh McAllen for a second interview. Uh, most people think they really want Josh McCown to be their their next head coach. I think you could see possibly a pairing of uh, Flores and Josh McCown, or Flores is the head coach and McCown comes in as the OC, or maybe they even flip that around and do McCown as the head coach and Flores as the DC. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how that'll shake out in the end. Uh, if Flores doesn't get one of the either the Saints or the Texans job, I'll be surprised. The enemy is the guy that's kind of left out in the cold, and dad, you said it last week. Um, you know, is it, him still being in the playoffs hurting him. Well, he's out of the playoffs now. If anybody wants to hire him, you know, now's the time, uh, those jobs that are left Miami, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Texans, any thoughts on those, on those jobs?
1: Well, um, like I said, I would think, you know, um, there's a lot of difference when you look at those jobs with the potential, you know, you have, cause Houston doesn't have a lot. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, who goes there and wants that challenge. New Orleans is down a little bit right now, but it's a franchise. It seems like you'd be interested going to and Miami probably has the most ability of some of those jobs left of course. You still got Minnesota, um, also there in, in Jacksonville, Jacksonville's interesting. Like you said, left, which made sense, but he hasn't, they, they haven't finalized that yet. So maybe that had something to do with new Orleans and we'll see. Um, I think Todd, Todd Bowles is still a name, you know, they've people, are, you know, he has, he has interviewed some, I think that's one. Peterson is one who I definitely thought would get a job. Um, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I don't know where that will go. And, uh, like I said, you would think Flores would come back and get one of these, um, but like I said, once the next hire comes, then all of a sudden, you know, the, um, the possibilities are getting a little, um, narrower there. So, um, and of course everything heads here now pretty quick toward the draft and a free agency. And, um, so, you know, that'll all be, have be interesting with all these teams that have switched coaches. Yeah,
0: I think if Leftwich doesn't go to Jacksonville, Doug Peterson ends up there. Um, but we're running out of jobs, and there's a lot of guys right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I think there's five, six, maybe even seven really solid candidates out there, and five teams left. Uh, well, Minnesota, I guess, is still technically available as well. So six teams left. But, uh, you know, at some point, someone's going to get left out in the cold. you got to decide if you're going to sit out again. If you're going to go get a, uh, a coordinator job somewhere or can go to TV, what are you going to do? Um, you know, there's there's definitely options out there, but the options are running, running very, very slim along the way as well. And it'll be great to see the staffs that come together, who gets uh, pulled from other teams and and those kinds of things as well. will Always always be a fun, uh, fun thing to see as well. All right, Dad, let's get in. Uh, to the first playoff game, and we've asked you to come on and talk specifically about Cincinnati and Kansas City. Uh, it's uh, an interesting game, to say the least. Uh, this game goes into overtime, and Patrick Mahomes had the ball to start overtime. Cincinnati still comes out with the win. Uh, starts off, there was at one point twenty-one to three. And then Kansas City fails to score right before halftime. Throws a weird pass out to the left. And Tyreek Hill doesn't get out of bounds. They don't have any timeouts. Um, Halftime ends. And that seems to be a pretty big turning point there for Cincinnati. But uh, you're in Ohio. You're our our Ohio correspondent. Um, I'm sure things are going pretty crazy up there
1: oh yeah that definitely so um the foot we're in a i'm in a city that's about an hour north of Cincinnati and the game ended and within the first minute I heard fireworks so yes there there's, there's a lot of a lot of excitement everyone was talking you know on Friday about the game this weekend um, from there I think Cincinnati you know again I think it is shocking that they're in the Super Bowl but the way they've been playing we all knew it was a possibility I think Joe Burrow, Obviously is the hero and will go down as the hero, but I think the difference with Cincinnati um, through the playoffs and even during the regular season was the defense being able to make the big play. Um, the big sack when they needed to, the interception when they needed to. And that was crazy in the game of Kansas City. First play almost had an interception. And I've seen that happen before. And I thought, boy, you know, they'll go back to regret if he could have got that. And then boom, they get an interception. And I think that's where Cincinnati, when you really look at what's been the difference for them, uh their defense hasn't been, you know, the most dominant defense in the NFL, but they've been able to make big plays. They've been able to make make sacks when they needed to, um, and definitely get um, interceptions when they've needed to. Um, and you give Joe Burrow enough of a chance. I mean, he just plays like, you know, he's not nervous at all. Um, but, you know, he, he gets get sacked, but he gets pressured, but it doesn't look like that rattles him. And, um, you know, he's got guys there. Like I said, Mixon was a big part of, of this game. Um, I tell you, you know, you look at Cincinnati and they may win the Super Bowl. but I tell you, you give them the offseason and they get a couple more people in the offensive line. They could be something for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, what free agent wouldn't want to go there, right? I mean, they're yeah. they're now a destination team. And uh, they bring in Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans in the offseason to play defense. He's been a huge addition for them, played great. Um, I mean, you said, I think, honestly, that I think Patrick Mahomes lost this game. Um, he didn't get rid of the ball. He got sacked. He took, took a number of sacks that he had all day. And instead of throwing it away at, at any point in the play – He decides to hold on to it, ends up getting sacked. Um, You know, even setting up the Harrison Butker uh, game-tying field goal towards the end of regulation there, uh, uh, what was going to be a 25-yarder, it ended up being a 44-yarder because Mahomes took the sack. I mean, it's things like that that just really put uh, Kansas City in a bad situation. And Mahomes, listen, his offensive line did not play well, but he also made some big, big mistakes. Now, Cincinnati's defense played great. Uh, They came up big when it mattered the most. They held uh, Tyreek Hill to, I think, zero catches in the second half, I think, Um, or one maybe, but not much of anything. They get the interception there on the tip ball, and they would have had to punt anyway, so they would have gotten the ball uh, anyways, but still made the play. And then Joe Burrow. I mean, it was in the fourth quarter coming down towards the end of the game. They showed Joe Burrow, and I said, he looks like he's having fun. Um, he was trying to get, get, get the lead or get the tie. And, and uh, I mean, the guy, if, if I was a Bengals fan, I would be incredibly stoked to have Joe Burrow as my quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is a top four, maybe top five quarterback in the NFL right now. And now in his second year after coming off of an injury, by the way, he leads his team, a team that so many people said needed to draft Panay Sewell, him and Jamar Chase lead this team to the Super Bowl. And I even saw a very quick icky shuffle by Joe Burrow after the game. Uh, icky Woods was down on the field, went over and, and uh, hugged Joe Burrow right before his inter- post-game interview. And Burrow uh, put out a little icky, icky shuffle uh, there as well. So a lot of excitement going on. Uh, let's look at a couple stats real quick. Joe Burrow, 250 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Dad, Joe Burrow was sacked one time in this game. One time, after coming off a game where he sacked nine times, and a lot of that was on Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong. He, he did a great job of, of uh, scampering around, avoiding the sacks, and getting some positive yards. He actually rushed for 25 yards. Joe Mixon goes for 88 yards on 21 carries. T. Higgins led the team, six catches, 103 yards. Jamar Chase, six catches, 54 yards, and a huge touchdown. Uh, P. Ryan had the big touchdown early in the game for – uh, Cincinnati as well uh, then they had four sacks on uh, Mahomes and two interceptions on him as well when you look at the Chiefs side of the things Mahomes 275 three touchdowns two picks a great first half but it was a tale of two halves um, the second half for Kansas City was just absolutely abysmal and I blame Mahomes is there someone else who should take or share the blame with Mahomes for how bad that second half was
1: well, I, I wouldn't, like said, I think the blame would go on him exactly where all the calls were. Like you said, I think one of the big plays in that game was the end of the first half um, because all of a sudden the Bengals had gotten close. Wow, this is going to be a game. And then Kansas City takes it down and gets first and goal. I thought, well, this is going to erase all of that. And uh, <laughs> to have that play um, and be stopped there, you know, I... I just shook my head. I couldn't couldn't believe that happened. And I think that made a big difference and um like you said it it, it was just the opposite. You have Mahomes. Of course Mahomes knows how to scramble and make plays and when you get a guy that really makes plays that can hurt hurt him sometime and it did cuz he can try to, you know, win it on his own. And um but yeah, that taking that sack and the fumble there at the end, that was very surprising. Um, I kept thinking that Kansas city would run more plays where he would run the ball, um, mm. you know, at least to some extent with a sweep, you know, because there's so much he can do with the ball. But um, so I'm not sure how much of it was play calling. Obviously some of it would fall on him with the mistakes he made. And it was just such a comparison. Like I said, Joe Burrow, just, you know, looked like a kid out there having a good time and just did never seem stressed and worried at all. And um, where Mahomes, all of a sudden, it was coming down to uh, crunch time, and like I said, they got the ball to start halftime. or to start the overtime, yeah. and you thought, well, this will be this will be trouble here. Um, you know, maybe not a touchdown, but at least get the first field goal. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati gets it, and their field goal kicker has been unbelievable all year, and it, and that may make a difference in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, McPherson has been phenomenal. You know, you said Joe Burrow didn't look scared. The one time Joe Burrow looked scared is when they lost the coin toss. Um, I mean, everybody knows you call tails. There, there's never a reason to call heads on a coin toss. And, yes, sometimes the coin flips the heads. But you if you lose a coin toss because you picked heads, that's a problem. Tails never fails. Everyone knows it. And then the Chiefs, and I, I thought the game was over. Uh, right then, I tweeted out, NFL overtime rules are stupid. I thought the game was over. Uh, I figured Mahomes would go down and score. That's just the way their season is gone. And, uh, you know, they don't play a great game or whatever. But at the end of the day, if all they need is a touchdown to win, you assume Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they're going to figure it out, going to get in the end zone, game over. And the near interception, like you mentioned, followed up by the actual interception. And I thought, my goodness, all the Cincinnati Bengals have to do now is, is getting field goal range and they got in field goal range pretty fast. And then they just kept running the ball, and Mixon was getting positive yards every time they ran the ball. And eventually they settled for the field goal. And McPherson, um, ice in his veins, uh, absolutely been phenomenal all season long, uh, but here in the playoffs as well. And uh, an incredible, incredible end, sending the Bengals to the Super Bowl uh, for the first time since I was just a wee little lad. Uh, watching Boomer Esiason versus Joe Montana, so um, incredible, incredible Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati fans. Uh, my cousin, Dad, you know Michael, of course, your your nephew, uh, or not nephew? Yeah, nephew. I don't know how that works, but anyways, um, you know, all excited. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. My cousin has never cheered for the Bengals, but now he's a Bengals fan. So um, he didn't appreciate me calling him out on that, but nonetheless, uh, um, there are lots of Bengal fans. I also put out there. Uh, on facebook dad i said uh cleveland browns fans must really be depressed tonight um who would have thought coming into the beginning of this season that cincinnati would be going to the super bowl and cleveland wouldn't even make the playoffs uh with the team and the roster that cleveland had this year uh zach taylor by the way my friend you're getting an extension the head coach at cincinnati a lot of question marks about him coming into the season and um and Dad, I don't know, we don't need to cover this on the podcast, I guess, but I'll say it anyways. They said during the game, he's Mike Sherman's son-in-law, married Mike Sherman's daughter. I had no idea about that. I no, didn't either. So there you go, Zach Taylor with a Packer Packer connection uh, there as well. All right, Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. We'll we will preview the Super Bowl uh, in a later episode. So we'll we'll wait to talk about uh, the Super Bowl matchup here in another episode. But uh, I've enjoyed Dad joining us for part of this. Uh, Monday episode and talking about the Bengals and everything else. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll discuss the the, the last piece of the puzzle, the join the Super Bowl puzzle as well. But first, a word about the Sports Podcast Awards. What's going on, Belly Up Sports fans? Thanks for tuning in to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We have some really exciting news for several Belly Up Podcast Network shows. The Sports Stove Podcast. The Rough Cut Sportscast and Here in Puckburg have all been nominated for a Sports Podcast Award. So, head on over to sportspodcastawards.com and make sure to vote for the Sports Stove Podcast for Best College Sports Podcast and Best News and Current Affairs Podcast. Vote for The Rough Cut Sportscast for Best American Football Podcast and vote for Here in Puckburg for Best Winter Sports Podcast. Again, that website is sports.com podcastawards.com. Thanks for being the best part of Belly Up Sports. We are what they aren't. Welcome back into the Sports Stove presented by Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live coming February 20th at uh, Belly Up Fantasy Facebook and Twitter pages as well as the Tiki Live app and the bellyup.tv that you can find on your Roku or Apple TV or other streaming TVs as well. The final game of the day was San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh another great game, by the way. What a playoffs that we've had so far coming down to kickers and overtimes and all kinds of craziness. And the one thing I asked for coming into this weekend is please don't make me watch Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl. I, I just I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to watch this guy play another game. And I don't have to. Jimmy Garoppolo loses the game for San Francisco ultimately uh, on an interception that uh, just a crazy throw trying to keep the ball alive and I guess you have to give him some credit for trying to keep things going but whoo um, Jimmy G the throws the game away there at the very end for San Francisco. Uh, He ends the game 232 yards, two touchdowns, the one interception, although Los Angeles dropped multiple interceptions in this game. Debo Samuel runs the ball seven times for 26 yards, catches it four for 72 and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, four for 69. The running backs for San Francisco, the run game just never got going. They couldn't do it. Uh, 20 20 attempts, 50 yards, uh, zero touchdowns for San Francisco's rush game. For the Rams, Stafford, 337 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. San Francisco dropped interceptions as well. Uh, Cam Akers, 48 yards on the ground. Not a great run game for the the Rams today either, but Cooper Cup uh, was quite the story. 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. Odell Beckham, nine catches, 113 yards. The backup tight end, Kendall Blanton, he goes five catches, 57 yards. Uh, Cup average, 12.9 yards a a catch. Odell, 12.6 yards a catch. Blanton, (laughs) 11.3 yards a catch. Uh, This was the the show that we saw today. It was Matt Stafford. It was Sean McVay. It was the Rams' high-flying offense. And uh, the defense played pretty well. They didn't get a single sack recorded, uh, but they forced some turnovers. They made things happen, uh, put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo. McVeigh um had it wasn't his best coaching day, right? I mean he had uh two failed challenges. Now, ideally, there's someone telling him challenge. It's not him making that decision on his own. Whoever made the decision, if it wasn't McVeigh, needs to be fired. They were both really bad challenges, wasted timeouts. Um, it was not is not the best coached game for Sean McVeigh. But that being said, the Rams win. So we're looking at a Los Angeles. Cincinnati Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Second year in a row, the The host team is in the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford, after his years in Detroit, finally makes a Super Bowl. And uh, so congratulations to Stafford. The Rams come in with a roster that on paper should win every game they play. But they have not done that, obviously, to this point this season. They beat San Francisco for the first time uh, this season after losing to them twice before Uh, they are a dangerous team. They are a team that can score instantly Cincinnati, the really unexpected team. There were a lot of people who picked the Rams early in the year as the possible Super Bowl team. And so, uh, they are there Cincinnati, the unexpected team. I'm guessing, uh, that it'll open with Cincinnati plus three is my guess on this. The Rams, I think will be the favorite, especially being at home, um, I think it makes sense. It might even be plus three and a half, but I think, or minus three and a half, the Rams. But I think either way, I think Cincinnati comes in as the underdog. My first immediate thought is I think I'm taking Cincinnati, but I'll make them my official pick in a different episode in a later episode. Um, what a weekend! Another great weekend of football. Uh, the NFL is putting on a show. Uh, I want to shout out the USFL, by the way, uh, a great advertising spot for them. They've done a really good job with their commercials. Of course, they bring in Jeff Fisher as a coach. They announced this past week. Um, it, it's I'm excited that they, we have more football once the Super Bowl is done. Uh, we've got a week off basically because of the Pro Bowl. When it comes to the NFL stuff, we'll have we should have coaching news coming out this week and things like that to continue our conversation from that earlier in the day. We'll preview the Super Bowl as we get closer to the Super Bowl. But tune in Wednesday. Uh, we've got our regular local hour episode that will air again. We're live 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the tiki live app or belly up tv you can find it at bellyup.tv tv on your internet browser but if you have a streaming tv download the tiki live app uh you'll have to go into the search we're, we're in the process of getting the, a channel in the guide and all that kind of stuff but for now you go to the tiki live app get in the search search belly up or belly up tv or belly up sports and it'll the logo will pop up you click on that 7 a.m. or 2 p.m. You'll see us live. We try to post the video on demand links for you on our social media pages as well. You can always listen to the audio version um, wherever you listen to your podcast. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. Uh, Comment, reach out to us, share your thoughts on the things that we talk about on the show as well. Uh, From there, I want to thank my dad for coming on. He usually just joins me on the Friday episode, but uh, jumped on and joined me here. And we really appreciate that uh, as well. Um, want to remind you to go to sportspodcastawards.com. We're in two categories that we've been nominated for. Uh, we're in the best college sports podcast category. That's for our local hour, our Wednesday episodes. And then we're also in the best news and current affairs podcast uh, there as well. If you'll just go on the website, it takes about two minutes. Vote for us. We greatly appreciate. We appreciate your support. January has been a record month for our show And we have to thank you for that. We we've tripled our podcast downloads, the audio version downloads, tripled them from December into January. And, uh, we are just blown away by the support that we're receiving from you all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, for that as well. You can always listen to all past episodes, uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well. We're almost there, almost to the end of the NFL season, almost to the Super Bowl. Congratulations to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations to Matt Stafford and Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the Los Angeles Rams as well. It should be a fun game. We'll talk about it more in the coming weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.